Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And this week, my guest is Chris Brown from JFS Curtsy. Uh, JFS is a food distributor. They sell just about anything and everything restaurants need, but essentially they're a food distributor and operating throughout different parts of the country. Chris is a rep for... Uh, or to the Mastro Restaurant Group. So, I mean, he works with tons, tons and rest- tons of restaurants in the area. But I've met him hanging out over at Kasai and Danny's Steaks uh, more than a few times. And so, yeah, I thought it would be cool to have him on the podcast and and talk about his side of the restaurant industry. We've been hearing it since the beginning of the pandemic, and it, it's even worse getting you know. It kind of has ebbs and flows, but it feels like it's, well, talking to Chris, it's about to get a little bit worse. But there's been massive issues in terms of rising costs and just about anything and everything that restaurants use and buy. Um, And then there's just supply chain issues. You just can't get stuff when you need them. And we haven't talked a whole heck of a lot about those serious issues that restaurants are facing. And I'm really tempted to dive deep into it with guests on the podcast to talk just specifically about the issues that they're having and and rising food costs and supply costs and how they're managing those things and talking about how little that restaurant owners are making nowadays. And we talk, especially the the episode coming out a week from today with Bud Laura, we talk about that more so in detail. But I'm tempted to have someone from Cisco and Renzi and just different food distributors on on the podcast just to talk about these issues. Um, you know, again, I don't know who you, the uh, the listener, is. I know, I know that uh, some of you are industry people, um, but I don't know how many consumers are out there. So I think that talking about these things does three things, two things. A, if you're in the industry, if you're a restaurant owner and you're struggling and suffering through these problems. You know, maybe it just gives you a sense of like me too. Like I'm okay. There's someone else out there who's in the same boat that I'm in, and I I hope that that helps a little bit. Uh, I don't know what that helps you do other than just commiserate, but I hope I hope that that helps a little bit. And if you're a consumer listening to this, I hope it it helps you back off. We don't have a lot of listeners on the podcast. I'd love it if a shit ton of people consumers listen to these because maybe. Uh, a lot of them would stop being such assholes on online uh, to restaurants and to their local restaurant scene. Um, but whoever's listening to this, I hope you get one of those two things out of it. So, uh, yeah, we might go on a deep dive of that. I do want to just make the disclaimer. Um, you know, when I recorded this just like a couple weeks ago with Chris, I was in a bad mood. And uh, I had just gotten back from Las Vegas, which... I've missed more and more every day that I've been away from that beautiful city. Uh, that's an exaggeration. But, uh, you know, leaving, here's what I have found. Leaving Syracuse, leaving, I'm sure, any hometown, but leaving Syracuse in the dead of winter to go somewhere that's great, <laughs> that has great weather, and especially when it's a vacation or something like that where I'm not doing anything but spending too much money eating at cool restaurants and drinking a lot. It's easy to get down in just about anywhere that your hometown is. Uh, and for the past couple of weeks, I've been really negative on just central New York as a whole and, and just bashing it. I'm generally a negative person. I'm pre- pretty pessimistic. And uh, 
you know, that definitely comes out more in the wintertime. I believe they call it seasonal depression, uh, which I don't have. I think just, anyways, uh, it's really easy to get negative on your hometown when it's shitty, when it's like the weather sucks and business is down because so many restaurants are down right now. Um, and uh, instead of trying to find a solution to that or look on the brighter side of things, uh, I just uh, I just decided to shit on anyone and everyone. And uh, so the first 45 minutes of our podcast, to be completely honest with you, is essentially me shitting on everything and anything food-related in central New York. Um, I'm happy to say here two weeks later that I'm feeling more optimistic about our area. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so be ready for that. First 45 minutes of this podcast may suck because of me. Um, with that said, I want to talk to you about the Eat Local New York card. It's a great way to get out there, support locally owned restaurants, and save money while doing so. You can buy yours at eatlocalnewyork.com. And then every time you go out to eat at one of the many, many, many participating restaurants, there's over 160 of them around the state, you just flash your card. And if you spend $25 or more, you save 5 bucks off your bill. Best part is you can use it as many times as you want to until the end of this year. And then we'll have another card coming out for next year. But like I said, it's a great way to get out there, support local restaurants, and uh, save money while you're doing so. And for uh, card holders, you can also download our, our Eat Local New York app, whether you're on the App Store or an Android user. And you can easily find a list of all the restaurants that are participating. You can find it off the app by going to our website at eatlocalnewyork.com. But you can also find it on the app. And it'll even show you where you are and which restaurants are close by. And you can also join our community group in there and then share some of your favorites. Uh, favorite restaurants you're eating at, favorite dishes, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, last but not least, go check out our website because today's Monday and it should have launched. But we're launching a brand new website that we've just built, had built. Uh, it should be launching today in beta for about a week or two and then we'll be going full steam ahead. But we're shifting things around here at Eat Local New York and and we're going to start to focus, you know, for so long at the business, we've focused on our Instagram account first and foremost, and then we focused on selling the Eat Local New York card and everything else. The podcast is third, and then everything else just kind of falls underneath that. You know, we've had some blogs out there, and over the last, I'd say, five, six months, we've really been, eh, maybe four months, we've been putting more written content out there. And what I've noticed is uh, more people care about written word than they really do the podcast. I, I don't know why. I mean, but they do. And so, which is funny because, you know, so few people have longest attention spans today. You know, it's one thing to pop a podcast on while you're getting ready or working or at the gym or driving. And, you know, you can kind of tune in and zone out and listen to a podcast for an hour or two. Um, but to take 10 minutes to read a blog, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it's been happening. But um, it doesn't seem like that should, you know, I mean, we're in a TikTok world, you know. Uh, people don't sit down and watch these podcasts on YouTube and watch the entirety. They, like, have it playing in the background so they can hear it. And TikTok videos, like, people watch for 30 or 60 seconds. So, why would it why would I assume that people would read 
a blog that's going to take them 10 minutes to read or five minutes to read. But for some reason, uh, the written word is still uh, number one traffic driver, driver of traffic for Eat Local New York. So we've, we're totally shifting our website and shifting our focus to be uh, more website content heavy. That means things like this, the podcast, are still going to exist on your favorite platforms, but also exist on our website. Um, But it also means that we're going to be doing a hell of a lot more uh, written content. And so we have a few freelancers that are uh, working for us now and and putting out some blogs. Um, And we're just excited about it. We're going to be covering everything from breweries around New York State to we have a writer in Buffalo to we have, you know, content coming out this week, like, who has the best chicken wings in Syracuse of the top chicken wing spots, getting you ready for Super Bowl. Also, blogs coming out on where to go for Valentine's Day dinner, um, how to eat, how to go out to eat, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner out in a day for under $12. So just some fun, exciting content. Can't wait to get it out there. And restaurant features, best of, and places you should go for breakfast, top 10 places to get lunch in Rochester, all that fun stuff. So anyways, head to eatlocalnewyork.com, check that out, get ready for it. It's exciting. You know what's exciting? This podcast that's going to go live and start in three, two, one. Some of these guys that I work with that have been with for 12, 13 years, I mean, we've been through the shits together, the good times, the bad. And, you know, at the end of the day, these are the guys that keep me moving. Mm. These are the guys that rely on me. Mm. And I need to do everything that I can to make sure that they're happy and they've got product in their in their restaurant. The worst is when they get blindsided. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's hard. Sometimes I get blindsided and then I have to blindside them. Most of the time, it's, it's my own fault if that happens. Mm-hmm. I try not to let that happen, but things... Things do slip through the cracks, but it's what you do to make up for it and how quickly you make up for it is what counts. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And that's why these customers rely on me daily because they know that yeah. I'm I'm not gonna pussyfoot. I'm gonna come back and, and make it happen, you know. You try and you know, it's uh <clears throat> for me personally, I've noticed that on one side just going out and promoting restaurants and Amano's a great example. They're my favorite restaurant. Um, I don't want to get to know Alex and Lauren and Noah too well because right now I've got them on this pedestal. They're like the best cook, chefs, creators. You get in that friend zone. Yeah, and I don't want to get there because then it's like, oh, you know, it becomes too familiar. It's not the same experience. Sure. And I've noticed with with marketing clients that's happened. Where you feel like they pay a little bit more, too much attention to you, or they think that you expect more out of them, or um, well, like on the on getting to know, I've I've done that before, where I've like started to work, do projects with chefs that I really respect, sure, and then when I get really familiar with them, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like you're talented, yep, but but maybe it's not as special as I thought it was, yeah, yeah, um, like the attitude stinks, yeah, or yep. oh wait, I just heard that like that special chicken dish that I had last week that I thought was 
this gift from God idea that you had to create chicken that way was really just because you had the extra case. <laughs> That's how it is most of the time. <laughs> and so then that starts to skew how I view their food yeah. and their ability. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I try to keep some of those people away from me. I'm starting to learn that now I need to maybe not do work with certain people just because I want to yeah. keep them on the pedestal. I always say, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking an application for, for friends. Yeah. You know, that's that's how I put it. And listen, I know a lot of people in this industry mm. being around these 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 places for 20 plus years and the guys that I know coming up through the business. I mean, it's it's crazy to see how many have come and gone the revolving door in these restaurants. You deal with them down here and then the three months from now they're down the street and. You know, it's 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 nuts. Yeah. And a lot's happened, a lot's changed in this industry over the last, you know, fifteen, twenty years to the point where you you know, I find myself now like I'm in that next generation of guys that are coming up. You know, there's a lot of guys in that thirty to forty year old range that own restaurants or are opening up restaurants or, you know, maybe they're onto their second restaurant, um, or they wanna do something on mm-hmm. their own. And they want to get out of the kitchen. They want to be out from underneath somebody's wing. But then you have those guys that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you've always looked up to. You know, those guys that have been in the business for 30, 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. And they're in their 60s now. But when you were younger, coming up through the ranks, you put them on, like you said, a pedestal because you looked up to them. Yeah. Those were the guys with all the cool ideas and they, you know, the cool experiences. And I want to do this and I want to do that. You know, we used to have the uh, the Red Cross dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know if they're still doing that or not anymore. But I've, you know, I don't really participate in the um, ACF. But they, you know, back when I was younger, coming up, I mean, that was something that you looked forward to. Yeah, you got a spot to do a, a dish in the ACF dinner or then the uh, Red Cross dinner. I mean, that was that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and it was just, you know. I don't know. Those guys we had always looked up to, but somewhere down the line, there was a divide. Mm-hmm. And the older guys kept pressing on doing what they were doing. And the younger guys were like, well, we don't really want to hang out with those older guys. And we kind of want to do our own thing. And a lot of them had left left the ACF because of that, you know? Yeah, the ACF in our area, at least from what I know, isn't very strong anymore. Not very strong at all. No, it used to be. Yeah. Now you go out to Rochester. Mm-hmm. Their ACF out there is is huge. Hmm. It's huge. Wow. And they uh I mean they they've got guys that do competitions and hmm. I mean it's it's crazy. Wow. I did one competition, but I, again I was young. I think it was a line cook at Lafayette Country Club at that point. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, something like that. But I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. You know? Those competitions are hard. You know, they Chance are. Chance had his little yeah impromptu thing that he was doing and he didn't really i think he had somebody back out so he called to ask me to be a judge one night for oh it. boy you had no <laughs> idea what you were doing i judged no. one of those it was like four years ago too so oh. i have a little bit more of a knowledge of it today but not really yeah and back then i had nothing yeah and it was tough because chef and the cook was open mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. so jason was you know, we were talking about him before we started but jason was the head guy, and then he brought on Devin to be his, yeah, so you know, yeah. for that competition. And it was going up against, I think, Carl. No, who was the skinny guy? Carl was his Sue. Who was the skinny guy from Alto Cinco? Phil. Okay. It was Carl and Phil. Yeah. And Carl's great. He's an awesome guy. Um, actually, I don't like Carl. Really? <laughs> I can't stand him. Really? <laughs> he keeps ever. He keeps like 
you he follows us on Eat Local oh. Instagram, and then like every like year or two, he'll just go in there and troll on some dumb, stupid and thing. just blow it up. Like we're doing the Breakfast Club with Bud Laura, so we try to get as many people as we can together once a month for breakfast nice. in a diner. Yeah, everybody everybody brings a hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. We all pay our bill. I saw that, and then we give the extra to the wait staff. To the wait staff, yeah. First thing, one like, you know, we post the first video. There's like 20 comments. You know, this is awesome. I should do it. You know, yeah. and then Carl comments, "What about the cooks? You got to give money to the cooks." Mm. I'm like, dude, is it about that though? Just fucking chill. Like, yep. just you don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. So we just, I blocked him. <laughs> he can't see our shit. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, the the wait staff is is the final contact you have between. You know that kitchen mm-hmm. in in those plates on your table. Yeah, waitstaff they put up with a tremendous amount of abuse for sure, night in and night out. Yeah, they have good nights. They have great nights. Yeah, depending on where you're working, they have amazing nights, mm-hmm. amazing weeks. But there's sometimes when you get that demanding customer or somebody who doesn't like something or somebody who's just having a bad day. Right, I've seen it hundred times over. Yeah, you know. I personally am not one of those guys to send something back, yeah. especially at a place where I either do business with or I know the folks in there. Um, I would mention it to them after the fact. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I listen. I it is what it is. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, I'm gonna yeah. tell them straight up. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people like if I go in and eat, they'll ask me. Yeah, I just had somebody recently ask me. They said, "Listen." Be honest. I, I I value your opinion. Tell me exactly what you think about what we had, and and I told them straight up. I said, listen, I don't know exactly how you what your approach to this is, but in my opinion, and this is just constructive criticism. Criticism. I would do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he's like, I thought about that. It was something that was you know in the back of my mind, and. You know, I'll I'll take that into consideration, but I'm not going to sit there and bash somebody. Yeah, you know, it's just it's not worth it. You don't For burn bridges. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I won't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't send anything back unless it's you know I, I've never sent anything back, but unless it was like raw or just extremely bad, I wouldn't mm-hmm. send anything back. And I've only told, and most of the times, if I've had a bad experience in terms of if it's staffing, yeah, you know, really, I, I won't say anything. If I've had a bad experience, unless they specifically come to me mm-hmm. um, and, and ask say, you, yeah, yeah, yep. or if it's really bad and I feel like mm-hmm. I know them enough to say something. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people I know that I know how they are that they'll take it defensively. Like yeah, exactly. Yep. So I won't say anything because I know that it's going to be taken a certain. You know, there oh, was. Sure. I went to a client's once. the The waitress was just really, really bad. And I called the owner afterwards, who I was friends with, and I was like, hey, listen, I, I've, I come in a lot. I've never seen her. I don't know if she's new, but it was really bad. Yeah. It was like his cousin. And oh, I was geez. like, got pissed off. Well, so there you go. Um, so I try not to say anything, but, uh, and I've always taken the Blues Traveler lyric, you know, whatever the waitress brings, I'll drink it and always yeah. be happy or whatever. The there you go. Is, you know? Keep a smile on. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I try to go for. It, the, the, I guess for me, if, if, if I'm ordering a steak, that's, that's my biggest thing. Yeah. If I've got a steak in front of me and I ordered that medium rare mm. or even rare, um, and you send it out medium well or well done, yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, I'm paying for that steak, yeah. you know, and I want to know that it's cooked properly. The other thing is, is that, um, you know, I had a, I was 
talking to a, a kid the other night that I had just met for the first time. He's he's from out of town, but he's he's doing some work up here in Syracuse for a while. And he said, uh, I was standing there with the owner, and he said to him, he goes, he goes, yeah, most of the time when I when I order a steak at a restaurant, I'll order it like a degree less than what I what I'm really wanting. Hmm. So if I'm want a medium rare, I'll order it rare. If it comes out rare, great. I'll eat it because I like it. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm expecting them to over. Now, this is a Joe Schmo off the street, hmm. not a kitchen guy. Yeah. And I thought that was great, yeah. knowing that. It, so he knows, you know. Hmm. And then the owner uh, turned around and said, well, you don't have to worry about that here. Order order your medium rare. He ordered a steak. It came out. It was gorgeous. Huh. It was beautiful medium rare, cooked right. Yeah. That's the other thing, having the right person on that station to do it. Yeah. You know, night in and night out, you got to have the same people on there doing doing the same. Because you could have an experience where, you know, your meal was awesome, and you come in, like, you talk about it, you talk about it, rave it up. Three weeks later, you come in, and you have the complete opposite. Yeah. You know? It's too hit or miss. It is. Yeah. It is. That's one of my biggest complaints with going out to eat around here is there's some restaurants where I go in, and it's like, it's the best meal Recommend it to anybody and everybody. You know, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. You go back a few weeks later, and it's just completely different. It's not good. It's the, not the same person that was co- either on that station. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they're the that a, main guy's out, or maybe yeah. he's gone, period, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes it's the it's, same person. Yeah, it happens. It's a revolving <laughs> it's just, door. Yeah, it's a bad night. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we were talking about Jason, and, you know, I was, so I was judging the thing, and and I remember, I think they had Baby Shark. Oh, nice. I think. Like the song Baby Shark? No, like the... I know, Baby yeah, Shark. Right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but they had some root vegetable thing. Not a root vegetable. I forget. It was uh, bitter root or something. Okay. Okay. I forget what it was. Yeah. But I remember Chance said when he was listing off the ingredients, and I think they did three courses, uh-huh. but he said, you'll know... He said, there's only one way to prepare this, that um, to p- prepare this ingredient where it is edible and where it doesn't taste really, really bitter. Yeah, sure. And you'll know if they did it well or not because it'll taste it really, really bitter. It's bitter, yep. And Jason had, had missed on the first two, had lost out to the judges, to everybody's opinion on flavor. Mm-hmm. But that last dish that had this bitter root, whatever it was, his wasn't bitter. The other guy's was. Mm-hmm. So in His my technique, it was perfect. Then. In yeah. my head, it's like he won. Mm-hmm. Like that one thing, that's the one distinguishing. If it's bitter, you know, if it's not bitter, you did it right. Yep. You know, it's yep. like he won. And the other two judges said he lost. They voted against him. So, um, and I was kind of, uh, um, I wasn't like doing their marketing or anything like that, but they were on the card and yada, yada, yada. Anyways, they got pissed. They didn't say anything to me, but you could just tell. Think about it, though. You you even said it. You're not, you know, you didn't know anything. Right. You know, you're coming in fresh meat. Yeah. You know, you don't know what this is all about. You're not a culinary guy, really, when it comes to this stuff. And you judged it. But you, as a, as a normal person, mm. you focused on what <clears throat> you saw was going to be the most challenging part of that, of that mystery basket. Yeah. And you you pointed that out. Yeah. So if Jason cooked that properly, I mean, I don't know what else was done. I, I yeah. can't say because I wasn't there, but that to me would have swayed swayed for my sure. decision. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, chances legendary for for doing those 
tough baskets. I yeah. mean, he would really, really look for something to throw a curveball at you. Yeah. Sometimes it made no freaking sense, <laughs> you know, but he would do it. I loved that restaurant. That was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he had a lot of fun out there, too. That was a cool spot, yeah. for sure. Really challenging to get to. Oh, yeah. But once you were there, it was gorgeous inside. It was like a bungalow, yes. almost. There was nothing like that in Syracuse. No. No, not at all. But again, it was a challenge to get out there. Yeah. I had only... Uh, been out there a handful of times but it was always in the it was in the winter right i'd never seen it in the warmer months same here and uh we were selling him at the time in the sales rep that i was with um you know he was new on the street just trying to get his feet wet but when he told me that he was working with chance i said man this is great Mm -hmm. chance and i go way back i've known him for years he uh when I first met Chance, I don't I don't think he really cared for me too much. I was doing an internship at the Cavalry Club mm. and I, I couldn't even tell you what year this was, but it's ways back, twenty plus years, twenty five years mm. ago. And uh he just he I think he just thought I was the goofiest person. And he's like, There's no way that this guy is ever gonna get anywhere in this business. But I lived to tell the stories. Yeah. I'm here now. It's uh <clears throat> It's definitely a main, it's 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 a wonder how much has changed in the last six years. You know, I, I started in doing Eat Local six years ago, and it's amazing how much has changed in that time in this industry, and uh, not for the better. In my no, opinion. Not no, not at all. I think I think where the industry's headed right now and where it was, I mean, it's like a polar opposite. You know. Um, just talking with owners and, and other chefs and stuff, uh, you know, people are worried. People have been worried for the last two years, you know. Um, and 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 I don't think we've we've seen the peak of the bad times yet. You know, I think this is going to be a long drawn out winter. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we're already at the end of January, yeah, it's been okay, not great, but it's been okay for some people. Yeah, um, for the majority though, they've they've struggled. You know, the money's run out. Right. Anybody that still has money left over, um, you know, is is holding on to it for dear life just in case, yeah. you know. But, you know, what what do we have to look forward to? I mean, what, what's ahead for us? You know, I think there's some darker days. I mean, I heard the other morning on, um, on the news that, uh, you know, we're looking at like another 30% hike in, in goods and services pricing in the next couple of months, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. When you think about it. go to the stores, I was in Wegmans. The, the shelves are empty. Really? They're empty. Hmm. I can't even get a bag of chips because it's empty. Even Wegmans brand empty. A lot of your canned goods and stuff. I mean, you're having, you're having trouble with, uh, with Campbell's like they, they can't get the, the cans to fill those larger V8. Where's the V8? I wish, V8. Yeah, I, you know, I hate to say this, this is like the most uh, um, male dominated thing that I probably haven't going on in my life. But my wife does all the grocery shopping. Does she really? And uh, yeah, my wife is a saint. She does most of the 95 percent of the grocery shopping and probably 90 percent of the cooking. Well, you're um, lucky. I know. Very lucky. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've got a great wife. But uh, so I haven't seen that as much. Um but I wish that I know that it's really bad in restaurants because I'm talking to a lot of them that are on the verge of either jumping off the cliff or yep. burning their place yep. down. Yep. Um, I know a few that are doing well, better than most. They're not mm-hmm. doing exceptional, mm-hmm. uh, but they're doing better than a lot of the others. And 
you know, for a couple of them, there's really no there's no rhyme or reason to it. They're not doing anything special. Yeah. Um, for another restaurant that I've got that's doing, like the Brasserie, mm-hmm. they're doing okay right now, but they're doing something unique. They're coming up with, you know, new, uh, you know, things, items to bring people in that sure. are truly unique. So that's helping them out. But, yeah, it is awful out there it right is. now. Absolutely awful. I mean, you do have to think outside the box when it comes to this. Yeah. Especially where we are right now. Think about it. We've had... Um, the foam takeout containers have been have, are gone. There's no more foam. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty soon the plastic straws are going to be gone too. Yeah. But you know, with with that switch over, I, I can't tell you how many people waited to the bitter end to either make their decisions on what they were going to do, or some guys just plain were like, "Oh, really? Yeah, yeah." You know, and and we as a company, I mean, we had. Um, do you all sell that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yep. We do a we do a lot of takeout stuff. I mean, that's a paper's a huge part of our our business, you know. Yeah. Um, and and you know the the I guess the biggest thing for people was how much does it cost? They were so right. used to having foam so inexpensive, yeah. that it was a no brainer. They didn't have to do anything, about, mm-hmm. you know, it was no brainer. Just roll it right in. But now you're looking at triple, quadruple the price for a takeout container. Yeah. You know, it's not eight cents anymore. Now it's forty-eight cents. Right. So how do we do that? We got to factor that in somewhere, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I have a lot of customers, and and I know a lot of restaurants out there that are doing small increments in in price raising, but they have to. Right. Look at what you're paying at the pump. Yeah. Look at the price of diesel. Right. Everything. So the packaging, you know, that's that's just one more. Yeah. Kink in the chain. That's that's got these guys down and for sure. having to worry about it. You know? I've got a client who they haven't raised their prices in probably four years. And so oh, they boy. just did it. Oh man. Um, Must have been a shock to their customers. It wasn't too bad. I mean, he did go up 15%, but mm-hmm. that's still small. They're a small, they're a un- it's unnoticeable. Yeah. Um, I do have another client who just raised their prices again. I've told the story a few times. But when I first started working with them and they were saying how much they were struggling, I looked at their menu. I was like, you're it's like you need to charge more. You're not charging. Yeah, sure. And a couple of weeks later, my wife and I went there for dinner and we sat down and we looked at the menu. And right as we're looking at the menu, they came out. They're like, hey, we took your advice. We raised the prices. It's been going great. Thank you so much. It was like, yeah. And I looked. It was like, holy shit, that's expensive. Yeah. Um, it's it's getting insane. It is uh, to eat out. So he just raised his prices by fifteen percent, and I was on the phone uh, like maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Mm-hmm. I was just on the phone with him today, and he was saying, "I'm probably going to do it again because we're still way under uh, what we were." But now they went from styrofoam to compostable. Yep, and yep. they're doing meatloaf and the takeout containers and compostable, which doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And now they have to add foil or wax paper, oh, yeah. which is another expense. Yep, absolutely. It's just, it's crazy. We have a, we have a, a product out there. It's a mineral fill. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like cutting edge, beautiful stuff. It's got the raised bottom on it. It's uh, either got like a waves on it, mm-hmm. bumps or whatever. So it keeps your French fries not soggy. Mm-hmm. Like they still stay crispy. The bun with your burger, it's not going to be like nasty when you get home. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. And a lot of these are vented. So yeah. you're not going to have sweaty fries or, yeah. you know, like a film over there. If you got to travel 20 minutes to get home, or even if it's coming to you from a, from a service, 
And that's that's the other thing. I mean, think about DoorDash and yeah. Grubhub and all that. I mean, it is ridiculous the amount of money that people spend on that. Yeah. And these these folks are making money hand over fist with the delivery charges and stuff. It's it's crazy. My it's crazy. My brother and his family live down in like New City, New York. It's okay. Congress, which is just you know thirty minutes outside of New York City. All right. And um, so I was just down there. Because for the Vegas trip, we flew in and out of JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his wife had ordered, uh, actually it was my mother, but uh, it was babysitting, had ordered Wendy's from DoorDash down there. Oh, my gosh. For four kids. And I think it was like $65 oh for boy. the four or five of them, let's say. And But when they delivered her food, they left the receipt of what Wendy's actually charges. And it was only like oh 32 boy. bucks. Oh my gosh! So it was twice as much because they had hiked up the yeah. menu prices yep. and then the delivery fee and all that stuff. It, it's it's funny you say that because in the beginning i i was i was we had toyed with order we not we had never done it before but this is when it started to get pretty popular and stuff at the beginning of COVID there and we're like all right yeah let's let's order something. And I actually went online to look at the menu of the place, mm-hmm. and then I went over to the order online thing, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold yeah. on a second. You know, where, I mean, it, back then it was like one or two dollars more, right? Which wasn't terrible, but it was enough. But then they hit you with the five dollar delivery fee, and then you got to tip the guy, and this. Yeah. Next thing you know, you got fifteen bucks added onto your bill. Yeah. On top of already paying more, but there's a it's a service for sure. You got to pay for a service. My wife who doesn't like to you know if if she'll text me hey let's order tonight mm-hmm. um, we do that maybe once sometimes twice a week uh she's an app person she doesn't want to we, we get pizza from pies guys sure they're on grubhub oh yeah she doesn't want to call them because then she has to read off the card number she has to talk to somebody maybe she gets put on hold yeah with the app everything's just there it's right in there so yeah. except last week or two weeks ago she's she was like, all right, I'm going to order pizza. And uh, she texted me. She's like, I'm going to call them. It's like $15 more mm-hmm. tonight for, through the app for some reason. So, I mean, those fees must have, you know. Oh, yeah, right. they've certainly gone up. Yeah. Speaking of app and stuff like that, and Pies guys, you said, have you ever had anything called a hot knot? Have you ever heard of these hot knots? That sounds familiar, but. So these hot knots. I ordered from a pizza shop. Uh, boy, when was it? It was before... I want to say Sal's is doing something like mm-mm, that. No? no, it was between uh, Christmas and New Year. And my kids are like, I want pizza, I want pizza. And I didn't want to order from Pies Guys. I want to try something new, yeah. right? And I, and I live over on the west end of Syracuse. Okay. So I, I had remembered... Uh, the Frogger's place that was up near OCC, right? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a new outfit in there. It's called Gamelli's. Okay. And I'd never had their food before. I have no idea what's going on in there. I don't know if they're busy. I don't know if they're slow, whatever. So I called up, and I think I got the owner on the phone. Hmm. And I was looking at the menu and talking to him at the same time. And I said to the guy, I go, dude, what is? what are these hot knots that I'm seeing? What is this? <laughs> And he goes, oh, it's it's becoming like the number one seller. And, and OCC's right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably deliver a hundred times a night over there, right? Yeah. Every night. So I said, okay, you know. And I asked him. I said, I told him where I lived. And I said, well, you got, you know, you guys deliver over here. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, they were, you know, it's still probably a good 10, 12 minute ride for him, you know. So we ordered the hot knots and whatever else we got. But these hot knots came, and it was literally a dozen garlic knots that were. Mm-hmm. 
you know, overproofed, mm. beautiful, nice, airy, fluffy. And, you know, it had the typical garlic, Parmesan seasoning, butter, yeah. whatever on top. But then he he drizzled wing sauce and ranch dressing on the top of mm. it. Wow. I was in love. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There was a dozen in there. I think each of my children had one. Yeah. My wife had one. So that's only four. <laughs> I ate the rest. I ate the rest. Of course, it took me a, a while to do it. But, man, they were so good. Yeah. So then we had him again just the other night. We have an order from the place in quite some time. Mm. I said, boys, let's do yeah. some hot knots. They were all about it. <laughs> I was going to say, knots. Sal's is doing uh, Nutella knots. Yep, they yeah. are. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, those look pretty good. Nikki just asked me the other day if I had Nutella in the big, like, tub because yeah. they go through so much of it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. They did literally. Oh, no, it wasn't the tub. I'm sorry. It was a piping bag. Mm. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> yeah, it was a piping bag. Yeah. And we we don't stock the piping bag. Yeah, but he uh, he asked if we could get it. But dude, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, these are so good. I you know coming back from when I went down to Vegas, I I uh, drove down Tuesday. I stopped in Beacon because we've got a restaurant that's on the card in Beacon. Oh, nice. Uh, Beacon Bread Company. Actually, okay. the podcast I did with the owners came out today. Oh, nice. And uh, and so for restaurants who are on the card, we, you know we've got a hundred and sixty some odd restaurants that we work with on the card. Wow. And so they get free photo shoots whenever they want. Great. And then uh, free promotional videos. We'll give them free marketing uh-huh. advice. So anyway, so uh, we went down Do you there. do family photos? Can you come to my house and do like a... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good I am. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you dress up sh- like a hamburger. It's worth a shot. Um, it's yeah. worth a shot. I do that. <laughs> I like hamburgers. So I drove drove down there, did the photo shoot, and it's in Beacon. It's this gorgeous little, they've got, you know, it's a bakery. They're doing their own baked goods. You know, Espresso, local company. On one side, it looks like kind of a, a larger, old school, kind of New York City style, cool. you know. Yep. And then on the other side, you kind of go, you know, oh, my darling, how it's yeah. like two buildings. Yep. Yep. Like, so it's kind of that. You walk through a little archway. And totally in, different atmosphere. Yeah, completely different. I, like I mean, that. that's gorgeous, cool. yep. antique sort mm-hmm. of vibe, but still just gorgeous restaurant and bar. Small still, you know, price seats, you know, maybe 50 uh, if you're crammed in there. But you can get a pastry and go over there and sit down. You can order off a menu. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're doing chicken and waffles. And uh, yeah, I'm going to show it to you. Um, Pull so, it up. You know, the um, you've been to a Waffle House before. Oh, absolutely. You know, a Waffle House does like those thin waffles. They're not even waffles. They're not even waffles. They're not but, even Eggo. But usually chicken chicken and waffles, it's like this massive Belgium waffle. Yeah, you want to see right. some height on it. That's their chicken and waffles. Oh, boy. That's a big one. Right? But it's wide. It's like... It's, that's a whole... It's like a thin waffle. But it's a, on like a massive maker. Right. Country style gravy that they make in house, poached egg on top, microgreens. I, I love it. That looks like a cornmeal um, fried chicken too. That's yeah. great. What is is that a is that a breast and a leg in there that I'm seeing or what is? Do you know what that is? It kind of because it's long, right? It is long. It yeah. Kinda, no, I think it's just a breast. I don't know. So how. you know what that is? Is it, did it have the bone in it too? Yeah, I didn't cut into it, so I don't know. Okay, so that actually looks like a like a split like a split chicken breast. Oh yeah, yeah. and they are they're massive. Yeah. Especially you have that cage on there, right. you know? 
You know, that's that they're Philly, you know, I don't know. Oh, good but, Lord. You know, it's not obviously a real Philly. It's stepped up, though. You know. It looks nice. Ooh, look um, Espresso martini with real espresso, which I've never seen around yeah, here. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, those are all my pictures, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but so going there Tuesday and then going to Vegas, we went to Best Friend, Roy Choi's place, yep. which was unreal. Um, where else? We went to this uh, taco place. I had that owner on the podcast while I was out there. Uh, Raging Tacos. It's just a truck over at like the Fremont Experience yeah. area, and um, that's way down. That's old, isn't it? Isn't that that's, old I think I think that's old Vegas. Yeah, it I'm is assuming. old Vegas. I did when I was I was out there about five years ago. I did both both okay. ends. Yeah, we stayed at. It was actually right. It was the week of the shooting. It was like that oh, really? day after, right there. Oh, I mean, wow. it was couldn't get a rental car for like a for like half the time that we were there. Jeez, it's a mass exodus. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we um, we didn't spend besides going there for lunch. We didn't really spend any time at Fremont. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the Hoover Dam. Nice. We stayed on the Strip for the most part. Like yep. I said, spent probably too much time in casinos. Sure. Didn't see any shows. Okay. You know, it was just kind of I don't know. Most people have told me you don't want to spend more than a few days there. Yeah. But having been there now once, I'm like, okay, I think if I go back, I would know what to what do. to do, what not to do. Same here. Yeah. I was with a fellow who had been out there many times he was out there for poker actually and he had played in some satellite tournaments he would wow. went to the world series of poker out there he's oh, wow. done done some main event stuff but yeah that was my first adventure out there and i gotta tell you it was it was interesting yeah we did momofuku oh nice we did the egg slot yeah we did mortarana mm-hmm. mortaramas mortaramas yeah it's the the yo meatball or yeah, it's oh, yo yeah, meatball. yeah dude this thing was massive huh it's like it, it looked like the size of a softball. Hmm. We went to the Hex for breakfast, which is I think it's a, it's it's inside the it's like on the it's inside the Paris, but it's like yep, you know yeah, that's where um, that's where um, Mortaranas is. Oh, okay, yep. So we went there for breakfast. It was a you could tell it was like a chain vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't bad. I got the chicken and waffles there, bourbon maple syrup that's like heavy on the bourbon, sure, and then pickle slices on top. Ooh. Which is kind of interesting. Um, Were they spicy pickles? No, it was just like bread and butter canned, yeah. you know, jarred pickles. So it's cutting a corner right there. Yeah, they didn't really do anything crazy yeah. at that place, but uh, but I didn't expect much. But yeah, like I said, go, like having been there, I'm like, okay, if I go back, yeah, I had, like uh, I had a friend who said he could get me into the Palm because his brother in law's the restaurant manager. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm I brought jeans and flannels. I'm not going yeah. to the Palm. It ain't you happening. Know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, going back, I'd like to go again and and hit the restaurants up, go see a couple shows. Yeah. Yeah. But being in Beacon and being in Vegas and now coming back, I'm desperate for someone in our immediate area to do something unique with food and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just doesn't exist. It's just it's it's stale. Yeah. I think we've gotten stale, and and I think the 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 mandates that have been put on us over the last couple of years have really gotten people depressed. Yeah. I mean, look at the weather outside right now. Right. Who the hell wants to go out in this? Yeah. People are staying home. Yeah. They're scared. It's not maybe it's not even that they're scared. They just don't want to spend the money and not be able to enjoy themselves. Right. Where n- normal circumstances, they'd be having a blast. Yeah. They'd be having a blast. It's hard for people to um, get happy about something that they know isn't 
going to be that great. They know what they're walking into, so to speak. You right. know, there's very few places mm-hmm. here in Syracuse that you can actually go and and have a good time and with without all the hubbub that's happening out in the yeah. regular world. You know, you know. One thing I don't know why this just dawned on me for some reason, but one thing that I've noticed, I, mean, I saw get, the light bulb yeah. right there. Yeah, <laughs> you get bad service. You're gonna get bad yeah. service anywhere. Yep. But in tourist towns, the staff, especially the wait staff, usually have this understanding that their attitude towards you matters matters yeah. directly to their income. Sure, it does. And I don't know of many. There's some, but I don't know of many restaurants in Syracuse where the wait staff understands that. Yeah. It's yeah. just like going through the motions. Again, it's a revolving door. Yeah, you know some of the some of the higher end places that that I that I do business with. Um, you know, there's there's been some folks there that have waited tables as long as I've been the sales rep. Hey, make sure you connect with us online at eatlocalnewyork.com, where you can stay up to date on everything happening from events to new blog posts to new podcasts and new shows that we're going to be releasing. So visit us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. And while you're there, make sure and pick up the Eat Local New York card. And now, back to the show. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of chefs come and go, but right. there's, 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 been, there's some very loyal uh, uh, wait staff out there. For sure. But again, there's a, again, there's a lot of revolving door. I've, I walked into a place uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, and I looked around I'm like, Jesus, I know nobody in here. What the mm. hell's going on? They were all fresh faces. Wow. You know, and I think it's I think partly because we've lost a huge portion of our industry here locally and overall. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we lost about a third of the workers that we had before this all happened. They went out on the unemployment. They got the extra money. Yeah. Sitting on easy street. And then when it was time to come back, screw that. I'm still collecting. Right. So they stayed out. Yeah. And now, <clears throat> you know, they're. There weren't a lot of people. Obviously, people weren't hiring at the time when we were shut down, and that was right this time last year, right? We weren't doing anything. Yeah. Right. So two years ago. Yeah. So there was a handful yeah. of places that weren't even open. Yeah. And then the ones that were, it was all like takeout or whatever, you know. So there wasn't a lot of action out there. A lot of people left. A lot of people haven't come back. They found other jobs. I know a handful of wait wait staff and, and cooks that aren't even in the industry anymore. They're doing something else. I got mm. one guy who's a truck driver. Mm. He drives trucks now. He went out and got his CDL because they were missing so much of the driver end of things mm. because a lot of people were just out of work. They got laid off or whatever. So coming back, these companies are hiring. They're giving money right on the spot for you. They're paying for your CDL training. Why not? Yeah. It's a nice little income right there. Yeah. You know? wild it is wild yeah i don't know what uh i don't know uh, you know going to Ve- i used to live in central texas like just outside of austin yeah and i hated it um i love the food of austin i couldn't imagine being there now with mm-hmm. the surge that they're having because i feel you know especially from what i am hearing the restaurants have gotten so much better out there yeah um, because they've had such a influx, influx of, of people, people. yeah I hated it because I couldn't, like, the heat wasn't that big of a deal, but I hated the wildlife. I hated the fact that you could get lizards in your house, oh, you know, yeah. little geckos yeah. or scorpions, yeah. rattlesnakes in your yard. I have three lizards in my house right now. Really? They're 13, 11, and 7 years old. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah. I can't stand them. They're I can't fun. stand yeah. really stuff. the wildlife. Yeah. I hate it. We had um, we had chipmunks in our house once. I think that's that's about it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Texas wasn't fun for that. But being in Vegas, I uh, now granted it was gorgeous. It was like 60 degrees, sure. you know, cuz it's winter and Yep. A uh, balmy 60. Right. But I was texting Kyle and mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of Syracuse. Like it's it's uh, it's awful. I haven't felt that way in like 5 years. Yeah. I've loved it up here. Now is it you want a break? Or do you want to get out? I, I don't know. I yeah. might want to get out. So I've lived here all my life. Yeah. I've been here since 1979. Hmm. And, you know, I I have a lot of fond memories of when I was a little kid in the places that we used to go to. And, you know, they're all gone. There isn't anything left from that, you yeah. know? And, and it saddens me because this city has changed so much and – you know, some positive, hmm. but there's been a lot of, a lot of downfall too, with the major companies moving out of here, the people moving out. I mean, I'll be honest with you, my friends that I grew up with and went to high school with in a couple of different districts, there's a lot of them that never came back. Yeah. They live in Boston or New York or wherever. They're mm-hmm. not here though. Right. I can tell you that much. Yeah. I've done more visiting, you know, in the, in the 10 years after college mm-hmm. with, with, People that still aren't here. Right. I mean, they're they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Um, I left for a while. Did you? I left for a while. Yeah, I went to culinary school down in Connecticut. Um, I was right in, in the Suffield area, right next to Six Flags, hmm. and I went down there with another another fellow from from Syracuse. He's up at um, uh, what is it the the lodge up there in in Pulaski there, Tailwater. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's up there. He's doing great. I'm going to be there next this weekend. Nice. For a it's a beautiful place. Gorgeous yeah. place. But he's, uh, you know, we, we went to culinary school together down there, and we always dreamed of, you know, going to New York or going to Boston. That's where we're going to work. We're going to have a huge high end. We all ended up back in Syracuse, yeah. you know? Family, I, yeah. you know? I came back. Yeah. yeah. But that's but that's just it. I mean, we I've been here for so long, and I've tried to leave, right. but I've always come back i mean partly because of my girlfriend at the time who's my wife now mm-hmm. and uh i don't know how the hell she puts up with me but you know it's that was what drew me back here yeah and i knew that i wanted to settle down and start a family but if i had the opportunity and i didn't have her mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure i would have yeah. spread my wings somewhere else and probably stayed there i just had friends they went down to you know they're 50 mm-hmm. so they're, they're a bit older but they just went to myrtle beach last I think early summer sure. for a vacation. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with it immediately. Somehow found either looking for it or just heard about it. A new development addition in like some suburb on like sure. a mini lake pond. Uh all houses being built brand new. And the you know, it's like they got a three bedroom, two bathroom, twenty five hundred square foot home for like $250,000, brand new construction. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you can get that here, but it, you're going to, it's, you know, right. 60 years old and it needs yeah. like another 20 grand into it. So they bought the fucking house while they were down there. Jesus. Went and got the mortgage and bought it. Did it right there on the spot. Came back a couple of days later, like, we're moving to Myrtle Beach. Out of here. So they, they live like 30 minutes from the beach, 20 that's minutes awesome. from the beach, and they love it. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I would ever go there because I'm not going to go deal with alligators and yeah. all that shit. But uh, 
You don't like wildlife. I starting to get that. hate it. That's yeah. one thing I love about Syracuse is we really don't have to deal with it. No. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this weather sucks. It does. And It I hurts. I don't know. There's just something about being near a big city and, you know, just... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to go travel to a city that has really shitty food. Do you? Do you like? Are you like a nightlife guy? Do you like no. to be? A, you just yeah. I like being busy. Yeah, all the time. But you want to um, come home. Yeah, and um, I like being busy all the time. But I like uh, like I like going to concerts and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not going to go to like a club or any of that kind of like Friday night. We left, so we flew out of Vegas Saturday morning. Friday night. Um, I went back out with uh, uh, I went back out at like ele- from eleven to one in the morning mm-hmm. to go gamble, mm-hmm. and I went to the Planet Hollywood Casino, mm-hmm. and it was packed. Vegas on a Wednesday night versus a Friday night, sure. completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got like girls dancing in their underwear, you know, behind, you know, in the pit, yep. you know, right yep. behind the blackjack table, sure. and I mean, it was a fucking party. Uh, I couldn't take that. That's the hotel that's above the the mile there, the the big mall, right? Isn't it the mall? Yes. Like a, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that's that's where I stayed because okay. Paris is like right next door yeah. to that. Yeah. That's where I stayed. Aria's across the street. Yeah. yeah. That's where I stayed. Yeah, that I couldn't take. J Lo and Britney Spears were there. Really? But, well, they weren't there that week because they left because of what had happened oh, down yeah. there. Yeah. They took off. Yeah. No shows. Right. Yeah. yeah it was. Uh, so no, I'm not really a big nightlife person, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't know. There's just something I, you know, my wife and I, like we were in Boston last spring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've done a little bit of traveling over the past year or two and, um, I've traveled a lot. I went to Chicago with Tim from mm-hmm. Buried Acorn for the day. Mm-hmm. There's just something about going to a, like a touristy place that, uh, I don't know. It just I feel like it's better Get you going. Yeah. No, it is, it is. It is. I I've been fortunate enough to to see a lot of cities. I have a group of friends that we are we're pretty tight knit. I mean, we we talk to each other on a daily basis and we hang out as much as we possibly can with our families and stuff, but we uh we're big fish people. Like we mm-hmm. love the band fish. Yeah. And we've been experiencing them for two decades. Yeah. Or more. And you know, it's it's been it's been a roller coaster because we've been to some cool ass places. We've been to some pretty shitty places. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's you know that that in itself getting to experience. You know, we've always done like the New Year's run down in in, in Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. and you know, staying there for a few nights. But you know, when the wolves come out after midnight and the show's over with, I mean, there's no be- no better place than being in New York City because yeah. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've walked those streets at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and let me tell you something, it's interesting. You know? Yeah, it's a it's different inter- world. Oh, man, it's a whole day. And it doesn't stop. Yeah. You know, it doesn't stop. You could work, you could walk right through the night, and next day it's everybody back to business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Vegas was like that. We were, (laughs) sure it is. We were out at, I think we got back at like two in the morning on, you know, Saturday morning, Friday night, and uh, woke up at 7 a.m. So we went to bed. There was a group of people in the bar drinking, Mm -hmm. and. When we left the next morning, we we had to leave at like six a.m. to get to they the They were airport. still there. They were still there. At a boy, you know. I mean, you know, men and women. Yeah. You know, younger people. You know, yeah. it wasn't. You know, it was. Uh, 
I was like, holy hell, these people didn't well, go to bed. That's that's well, some that's what it is. The city Vegas. that never sleeps, you know. Yeah. What happens there or what happens there stays there. Yeah, for sure. I remember um uh, going to New York for my for my bachelor party. We're not gonna get too deep in it, <laughs> but um the, you know, we were out at a, at a couple of places, uh, a couple of clubs. We had gone to dinner, and you know, a buddy of mine was down there at the time. He was doing some promoting and stuff, so we had we had the inn at some pretty high end places. So, mm. um, we went to a place called Stereo, mm. and it's I think if I'm not mistaken, it was the guys from Fountain Blue. They okay. had something to do with that, and you know, it was just party central down there. Yeah, but you know, those places don't close till four o'clock in the morning. Right. So it's 4 a.m. and we finally get out of there and we go back to my buddy's apartment and we were going to the Mets game the next day. Hmm. I think the Mets game like started at one o'clock or maybe it was sooner than that. But we just kept it going, hmm. kept it going, watched the sun come up. It was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. The train ride down to the stadium wasn't beautiful. But. Yeah, I was we were fortunate that uh we flew first class direct flight from JFK to Las Vegas. Did you upgrade or was it something you had planned on? Something I planned yeah, on. Yeah. This sounds really uh douchey of me, but uh, yeah. I can't I only fly first class. It costs me a lot. Well, excuse me. Yeah. I would do if I could, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how. I you know, I made the mistake of like uh 7 years ago I graduated college and you know I, I was finishing up because I moved here like the start of the senior year, mm-hmm. and so and I, I went to school for theology of all things, and uh, so I finished my year here, but I flew back for the graduation. Sure, and it was like you know what it's you know I'm graduating I'm gonna fly I'm gonna treat myself and fly Absolutely. first class and. Uh, you Change know, your life forever. Yeah, exactly. And so ever <laughs> since then, I haven't been able to do it's. Uh, it's awful. I get made fun of quite a bit for it, but, um, but we had like a pod, like you know, a direct that lo- that long. Yeah, you have your own pod. Yeah, you know, it's that type of a first class. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, turn the other seat turns into a bed. Oh and, wow! Uh, so the flight home wasn't as bad. You know, as it could have been. Well, you're. I've only flown a handful of times. I mean, you know, going out to Vegas and then uh, you know flying to Dallas, Fort Worth, and taking that to Mexico for the honeymoon, mm. which was an absolute disaster. That plane ride, I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, but going to New York, I've I've taken a puddle jumper from Hancock down there. Yeah, forty five minute flight, yeah, JetBlue, piece of cake. Yeah, you know, it's, those are great. But that's it. I've never hmm. taken the train a couple of times across country. Now that's fun. Are those fun? Those are fun because uh. you go through like some weird areas. Yeah, very weird areas of the country. Hmm. Train tracks aren't don't go through like nice. Right. Yeah, they're like on the you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about because I need to start getting more into Buffalo and Rochester yeah. for this and and get to restaurants sure. out there. And we have been a little bit, but. Especially into Buffalo. Yeah. So I was looking at, you know, it's like, all right, you know, it's two hours out there, two and a half hours out there. You Take know, the train. I was looking at that. The train schedule sucks. Yeah, it does. It leaves at like one. In the morning? No, in the afternoon. Oh, in the afternoon. Okay. And then the ne- the last train, it leaves at one, gets in at like 3.30, but then the last train leaves at like 6.30. So. Not no. a very big window. No. So you're going to like run and get dinner maybe and then get back. Yeah, so, that's not cool. You're going to be forced to spend the right. night at that point. Whenever I would go out west, I think the train left because you had to go to Chicago. It was an overnight to Chicago. We would, I think we'd leave Syracuse at like 11 or 12, and then we'd roll into Chicago at like seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning. 
That's not bad. No, I slept most of the way, but then, you know, it takes two days to get out west, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the, That was the fun part, though. Amtrak used, had this thing, promotion, like maybe 10 years ago. If you had an audience, I don't know how big the audience had to be, but if you had a blog and you had any sort of, like, like you were a blogger, you know, mm-hmm. uh, personal or business or whatever, they were going to give you a free co- ticket anywhere in the country. You go cross-country, regionally, whatever, really? as long as you documented it, like oh, as long that's as you cool. wrote about it. That's cool. Yeah. You had to mention them, obviously, yeah. and what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'll tell you, Rochester, I know you said Buffalo, but Rochester, that restaurant scene out there mm. is is hot and heavy. They've yeah. There's some really nice places. And if you didn't know my company, uh, JFS Curtsy, we are out of Rochester. That's that's where oh, my really? hub is. That's where okay. my office is. Yep. So we've got uh, we've got a pretty strong presence out there. We have for years. And, mm. you know, they – they do a great job out there and they have some of the, the top restaurants in that area in, in mm. country clubs as well. But we were out in Buffalo. Yeah. The mo- the mothership is out in Erie PA. Okay. And uh, we also have another hub out in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, I didn't know it was that yep. big. Yep. Yep. Okay. We're pretty large. We service, I think like seven, nine States, something like that. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's a, I mean, what's been your biggest challenge over the past two years? Uh, I'm sure keeping, there's a lot of them. Keeping people happy. You know, that's been, that's absolutely a hundred percent has been the, the biggest challenge. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is lose an account, yeah. especially on my end. You know, you just don't want to see somebody close up their doors because, you know, they either owe money to you mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just, you're losing somebody good, a relationship that you had, you yeah. know, most of the time the chef will end up somewhere else and you'll follow him. But, you know, the ownership's left there, you know, holding the bag. So. Yeah. You know, it's it's difficult, um, you know, accepting the fact that these guys aren't going to be around anymore. And, you know, whether it was, you know, a bittersweet ending or you guys, you know, you ended up, you know, in fisticuffs, you know, whatever the case may be, it's, you know, you got to figure it out and you got to have an amicable, amicable close, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it's been very difficult in in keeping customers happy, making sure they have all their products and house that they need. I mean, with the supply chain issues, there's a lot of customers out there that even now just don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't understand, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's a struggle to get things in, you know, and you know, another vendor may have it, but we don't. It's mm. because they're buying from another supplier that we don't buy from or, you know, vice versa. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, have transpired over the last two, three years that, that, you know, people were not willing to accept, accept, you know, I mean, there's, there's weeks that go by where you can't get one specific item, but that's a very meaningful specific item for a certain customer. Yeah. And if they don't have it and you can't get it and they get it from you, you're the asshole. Right. You know, well, it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's got something to do with manufacturing, you know, or getting the product there. I mean, you know, we had touched on it earlier about the the increase in, in pricing and stuff. I mean, look at fuel. Fuel is is gonna continue to rise. I mean, we may not be seeing it here detrimentally, but out west, I mean, these truck drivers can't get right. things. So we've actually um, come up with with some different ideas to to get product in because it's taking so long to get it here mm. or to cut costs on getting the delivery here. The biggest one is picking it up ourselves. 
Hmm. Why not? We've got all these big trucks. We've got guys that are that are CDL drivers. Why can't we send them out to the Midwest to pick up, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, especially on the meat end yeah, and the protein and beef is, is it's, it's a scary, scary place right now. Cause we don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Beef prices have relaxed a little bit, but I noticed today that they've already turned around and started to move again. You know, everybody got excited when things came down a buck in the last couple of months, but now they're headed right back up. And, you know what chicken wings i mean that's like the number one thing that people bitch about in our industry is chicken wings who the hell wants to pay 140 dollars or 130 dollars for a case of chicken wings because how much were they three years ago oh geez well you know what i'll be honest with you around super bowl time we five years ago at super bowl time we put, we were paying 115 bucks for them yeah. but it came right back down yeah i remember at one time chicken wings were less expensive than a case of random chicken breast mm. like 40 bucks maybe a little bit less Random chickens even gone up. Huh. It's just it's it's hard. These again, the delivery method of getting the product here, the demand is so high and still there that the manufacturing they're not at full production. Mm-hmm. They're some of these guys are maybe half seventy percent somewhere around there. They can't produce the product fast enough to get it into our warehouse and get it out to the customer. So the like chicken as a whole. Are, are smaller mm-hmm. you you it's very hard to get big chickens because they have to slaughter them earlier and you know it's it's in the like i said the the fuel price of getting it there and having somebody drive it i mean it all adds up and yeah. that puts pressure on the manufacturing end but it even puts pressure on our end and you know it's it's a tough pill to swallow again there's a lot of people that don't understand it still but most of them get it they get it. They're accepting of it because, it, you know what, if I can't get it from you, maybe I can try from this guy. Hmm. Or, again, I do whatever I can to, to find it for him, you know. I had a customer call me the other day and said, where's the V8? V8, where is it? Even the stores, they're low on it. They don't have it. You know, it's it's nuts. Hmm. Um, I've never seen more things in my book that are tempted out. Hmm. And, it's, and it's not. Yeah, some of it's popular, but it's a lot of things that may be on the secondary market, and it's specialty items hmm. more so, but it's it's tough. Yeah. It really is tough. So how does it work? So are you, are, you know, are you all purchasing directly from the, you know, the... The manufacturers themselves? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes we go direct through them. We as a company... Um, you know, the, the mothership down in Erie, they're the ones who are, you know, they're, they hold the, the sticks, right? We are a a, a subsidiary of them. We're like a little brother, you know, even though we're under one umbrella. So, so sometimes we, we pull from that warehouse because they, as a, as a group down there, they have more power to, to, to pull from somebody direct. Maybe, you know, we're only going to stock 10 cases of it. Well, well, the Erie shop, the Curtsy, they're buying 150. So we'll pull from them. Mm-hmm. There's some things that we buy on our own, like chicken and stuff like that. We buy that on our own. All from the, Tyson? No, not necessarily. It's, it's, it's from whoever. We do, we do business. We have our, our NSDO line of chicken, um, whole chickens, uh, uh, drumsticks, thighs, uh, breasts, whatever. And those actually come from an Amish farm that's in downstate New York and over the Pennsylvania border. There's a couple of them. And 
they they do a wonderful job, and we're pretty exclusive with them. They they take care of us. So they're the grower and the processor yep, and the seller, yep, and then it comes to us. Gotcha. You know, but on the other hand, yeah, we would go to Tyson for like a frozen IQF product, yeah, or um, you know something a little bit further processed, more for institutional use. Absolutely, yeah. There's been shortages on that end too. Oh, I'm sure. You know, um, a lot of people don't know, but the the pork market actually hit a uh, hit a wall here recently in California, especially. They, they I guess they grow a lot of hogs out there. Hmm. They have um, a new law where where a, a, a mother mother hog she's got to have like I think before it was like like six square feet that they were hmm. confined to. Yeah. And now it's something crazy like 30 square feet that they have to have so they can move around and do all that. Well, now you've taken a, a pig farm or a pig, you know, yeah. and, and now you're just you're losing three stalls. So that's three less pigs that you would have had in there. I mean, I'm not a vegan or anything like that. and I'm not a member of PETA, but, you know, that's good for the animal. It is good right. for the animal. They need to move around, and especially yeah. if they're giving birth. They, you know, they got yeah. little babies there and whatever, you know, it. So what that does is, A, you know, it cuts down on, on the amount of in the herd there, I guess, or whatever. But, but now they're producing less, and they've got to work twice as hard to get yeah. to that production level. And obviously, that's going to draw the price of goods up. Yeah. You know, look at your bacon. Look at bacon right now. How much yeah. are you paying for bacon? Yeah. Nine bucks for a 12-ounce package? Right. I mean that's crazy. Yeah. We were paying three or four dollars like last year for it. It's doubled. It's doubled. It's crazy. And if you want something good, if you want a good a good quality bacon, um, I mean you could pay ten bucks, hmm. eleven bucks for it. You know, it's it's nuts. People don't think about that, but we, you know, think about a diner that's like got bacon on their plate, right? Bacon's costing them over a dollar to put on the plate for you, yeah. where it used to cost like thirty cents. Hmm. So, are, are there like, are you seeing any? Are you seeing more people move to? Well, I mean, what's the biggest? I mean, obviously, chicken, chicken wings, yep. beef, yep. Obviously, pork in some yep. cases, yep. Um, all those prices are skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. Um, you know, uh, eggs have gone. You know, everything's eggs gone, gone up. up. Produce, everything's gone up. Produce, produce this year or this, the, you know, in twenty one, we saw from from the California uh, season they finished early because they were having some bad weather hmm. and and things weren't coming in that great. Well, they finished early. Salinas is where they, yeah, where they were. Now they come over to Yuma. And in that, they weren't prepared. They mm. were not ready yet. So there was a gap there of almost a month where there was short supply on certain produce. There was bad supply on produce. Mm. It was either rotting in the field because they didn't have workers to pull the stuff or, you know, it was just taking so long to get to the East Coast because of transportation issues and fuel costs and lack of drivers that, you know, we saw prices go up mm. because of that. There was a lot of a lot of produce that just wasn't great. We receiving it not great. Yeah. And and what do you do? You know, I mean that we we've bought that. You know, that hurts us. Yeah. Oh, you that's know? true. Yeah. Think about like Wegmans and these big uh produce companies and stuff. Think about all the produce that they bring in. What do they do with all that stuff that they can't sell? Yeah. You know, that's a loss to them. Yeah. Can't send it back and be like, oh, I don't want it. Right. You bought that, you know? 
Yeah, the consumer can. Yeah, they can say I'm not going to buy it. That's yeah. it. So it doesn't it doesn't hurt them as much, right? But it hurts us, you mm. know, our company. Um, you know, I, 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 the farther away it is, the harder it's going to get to to get to us. Obviously, and the more it's going to cost. But maybe it should be like, um. Maybe get us more self-sufficient in yeah. what we have around here. Thank you. I mean, I am, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I, you know, fell into the trap like most people did to, you know, make my own cheese or mm-hmm. make my own butter. Do you have a garden? Uh, no, but... My garden it, was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I wanted to. And so, I, you know, I started making sourdough bread and making pizza there at home. Go. And I wanted to start getting into gardening, mm-hmm. but our soil is never... We live in the city. We have a really big yard for the city. Yeah, uh, it's concrete I, soil. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I bought an empty lot next to our house, and so I have this double, you know, huge yard. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I should grow something. And then I was like, oh, but I need to take care of the dirt yeah. first. So we bought chickens. Okay. We were raising backyard chickens. There you go. Illegally for yeah. a year. I got rid of them because really? uh, you know, I, I had them in like a, a they had their coop. They had a nice sized run. Yep. But. I felt bad because every time that I would go to, every time I would open my back door to enter, they were excited they, to see you. They wanted to get let out. Yeah, and most of the time they were st- stuck in their little run. Yeah, I couldn't go. Yeah, so, so I you just, felt that they were cooped up. Yeah, All right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm giving away to a different a farmer who had land and wanted them. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, so you know, I got chickens. It was great. We had eggs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's six eggs every single morning. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Uh, ate fewer eggs while we had the chickens than sure. ever in my life. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's the thing, because you look at them, you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's too close to home at that right. point. Yeah. yeah. I gave away so many freaking eggs. Did you really? So many eggs. Oh, I was I working at Gerhars at the time. Oh, yeah. So I just bring in bring them in and dozens of eggs. Yeah. yeah. Instead of coffee or donuts, you're bringing eggs. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe it does need to get everything, you know, and so maybe we shouldn't be getting tomatoes when it's winter. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not think of something else to do, right. you know, or, or, you know, the, the hard root vegetables. I mean, growing up, we had a root cellar. We yeah. had, a, you know, my, my parents would, you know, my dad would harvest potatoes mm-hmm. and he'd store them down there. Beets, carrots, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I haven't been in anybody's house that has had something like that in right. 30 years. Yeah. More. Hmm. Why not? You're right. I had a massive garden. I gave a lot of stuff away. Yeah, um, it was fun though. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, my I grew up with a garden. My father always had one. I mean, my job was to weed and weed and weed, and I wouldn't do anything all day long. And then when I'd hear his truck coming down the road, I would run up to the garden and start weeding. Like I'd been there all day. Yeah, right. But at at home, it you know, I felt like I accomplished something. Yeah, you know, it was mine. It mm-hmm. was me. I had corn. I had potatoes. I had tomatoes, onions, mm. I mean, you name it. I had a, a pumpkin patch that was just wildly growing wherever it wanted to go. Mm. I planted them too close together. I never pulled out what I should have, and it was a, it was a mess. Mm. Um, but, yeah, my, my wife was a little upset because I took over half of the backyard because of that, you know. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I learned a lot. My kids helped out a lot. They had fun with it, and we got to reap the rewards from it. I mean, zucchini and squash and the the corn. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The corn was so good. Hmm. But, yeah, it was it was fun. We need to do more of that. Yeah. 
We need to do more of that. I, I want to say it's a issue of overpopulation, but from what I have heard recently, uh, statistically, people are having fewer and fewer kids. Oh yeah. And so really, we're underpopulated yep. as a you know society as a country. We have we have an older generation. Yeah. And, and we haven't filled in with the. Right. I mean those those days of the families of what eight or ten kids or whatever. I mean those are. Yeah. Those are long gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, um, I mean, maybe that's part of a small, small, small part. Yeah. I mean, I look at, I think of like the Taylor and the Cook in Utica. Uh-huh. I mean, it took Tim a long but time. He's self-sufficient, right? Exactly. Yeah. Self-sufficient. Yeah. Elderberry. Yeah. You know, self-sufficient. Yeah. Vic and uh, at um, Madison Bistro in Wampsville. You know, I mean, he can. You know. I mean, he's not only buying the cow, but then he's sending it to the, yep. you know, the slaughterhouse he wants yep. it to go to. So it's, it's, it's his. You're right. It's his. No, you're you're right. You're you're right about that. And and is is that the answer? No, no. Because unfortunately, no. we're moving more and more. We are. Yeah, we are. And and I mean, the thing that gets me is that there's so much processed crap out there. Yeah. You know, and. And it's just so easy for us to go into the store and pick up the box and right. just add water or yeah. an egg and some oil, whatever the case may be, or even pull it out of the freezer and just put it in the pan. Yeah. But how many times do we actually look at the back of that package and see what's there? Yeah. What's What are we putting in ourselves, you know? I forget who it was. They were saying, like, one of the ways this person had lost a shit ton of weight and one of the ways they did it is they said they could eat whatever they wanted as long as they made it. Yeah, sure. So they could have ice cream, but they had to make it. They, they had to make it. Pizza, but they had yeah. to make it. It's putting in the effort. Yeah, there was a, a client I had last year. I won't name the name of. I won't mention their name, but everybody will know exactly who it is. Uh, first ever ghost kitchen in Syracuse. Okay. Um, open for two weeks. And then shut down, sure, because of staffing issues. Yeah, had no staff. Uh, offered a a chef in the area who we mentioned before we got started, uh, twenty five dollars an hour off the books, and he still said no. So no. Um, well, the writing's on the wall at that point. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so they had to shut down after two weeks, but they were selling out of food on their way there. Now their distributor was U.S. Foods. Okay, and it was plug and play. Yep, they said, "Here's my concept." And U.S. Foods came to them with a menu and all the ingredients, mm-hmm. and everything was pre-made. Sure. You know, the burgers were pre-cooked. The buns, which were good, were, you know, craft, you know, hamburger okay. buns. You know, the only thing somebody had to do was fry it and assemble it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and it, it was... the fun out of it. Though. Right, it does. But for the restaurant, for the owner... It made sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't need a skilled staff. Nope. It was a ghost kitchen, so it was all delivery, mm-hmm. um, and they did phenomenally with it. But for me, it was like really the first time seeing that, like behind the scenes of what are you talking about? Everything's pre-made. Yeah, we ordered from that ghost kitchen. Yeah, and I gotta say, it was it was good. It was really good for what it is. For yep. what it was, it was good. We sat down with friends. Yeah. And I don't know how much it was because they had covered everything. It wasn't, you know, I didn't even know that we were ordering from there. Yeah. And when we showed up at the house, and I don't even think, I think it was maybe myself and one or two of my kids. And then, 
you know, him and his wife and his children there or whatever. I, I don't remember the exact gathering for what reason, but it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, with the sa- they had a salad. The salad was actually pretty damn good. Yeah. And the burgers, like you said, that with the artisan roll there, they were right. they were fancy. Yeah. That that's what and we touched on it earlier, the uniqueness of stuff. I, yeah. I, I think we are stale here. Yeah. And and people are trying. They really are trying. Yeah. If if you really get down to the nitty gritty of it and you know what's going on in the in the inner sanctums of this industry here in Syracuse, there are people that are trying to make it good. Yeah. You know, and, and they're trying to do things that either they saw somewhere else or even on their own or something nostalgic that they grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. We know, I know a couple of people that are doing that and you know, they're, they're working their asses off for sure. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears being put out there. And I don't, people don't see that they're blinded by it. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yep. I mean, um, well, I actually got to run to the bathroom. Let's take a quick break. Yeah, can we do that? Yeah, for sure. All right, let's do it. And then I gotta... Yeah. So the one thing I was, I will say about this on camera, and I'm gonna clap. Yep. So that way I remember. We are um, on. The one thing I will say is, and there was a story I was gonna say right before I went to the bathroom, and I forgot what it was. Uh, uh, you left but, it in there. Training in the majority of restaurants yep. across every position. Yep. Is non-existent. Non-existent. When I was at Mad Burger, yep. which you know, uh, Michelle, I helped with their brand uh-huh. development. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul Valenti, good uh-huh. friend of mine, came up with the name Mad Burger. I, I wanted to call it Cheat Day Burger, and uh, and he he was like Mad Burger, so we went with okay. Mad Burger. Um, I wanted it to be really special and unique, and you know, I won't mention the company that was selling food for your benefit. But that company, you know, was there and yada, yada, yada. And uh, I said, well, okay, before we open, we need to do a photo shoot with the burgers for Mm -hmm. marketing. Mm -hmm. And then we need to do a separate day of videos on how to make each item on the menu for training. Yep. And we did. Yep. We put them on YouTube and the brasserie, you know, Michelle owned Mm Maverick, she owns Mm -hmm. the brasserie. You know, she's really great about that. Even today, like we go in to do a new cocktail video. Hey. I need we need a train we need a graphic that says uh-huh. here's the picture here's the ingredients and yep. how to make it for the staff. Yeah, no, that's how it should be. Ninety five percent of the restaurants in this town don't do that. Do not train the dishwasher, the server, the mm-hmm. prep cook, the cook. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So, this is great. I'm glad that we're talking about this. So, I've been with JFS Curtsy for thirteen plus years. Right, I think I'm going on my fourteenth year. I believe. And we are a family-owned company. We're not corporate. Mm-hmm. We keep that feel as much as possible. We are one of the only companies out there who haven't pushed our folks to go online because we still want that intimacy of, of see. Listen, that 20 minutes or a half an hour or 45 minutes that I'm with a chef each week, yeah. sometimes that's his favorite time of the week Yeah, because, A, he gets to decompress he can talk shit about whatever he wants to talk shit about. He can cry on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, we can joke. We can laugh. We can talk about life. You know, yeah, we get down to business and everything, get the order in or whatever. But there's a there's a a, a piece of that time spent with them that they it's they're away from all the bullshit in the kitchen and yeah. they look forward to it. A lot of them do. 
a lot of them like to talk on the phone. Some guys don't want to be seen. I'll call you when I need you. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'm still coming in. I'm going to pay a visit. You yeah. know, that's the one thing that our our bosses have instilled in us is they want us to see everybody each week, mm-hmm. even if you don't catch them on the day that they order. Go in the next day. Maybe chef's home and he just puts his order in from home. Go. You, you got to get in there. You got to make a face. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. I can't go out to eat at all these places because I have three kids at home. I have a wife at home, and it's difficult. We yeah. don't get date nights all the time, and it would be great if I could. Right. If I can catch lunch at a place that's open for lunch, customer of mine, awesome, great. But the key is you got to show your face. Now, in, in saying that, we as a company offer a lot of cool benefits to our customers, and one of them is wait staff training. Mm. but it goes farther than that. We have an awesome guy out of Rochester, Mark, who has been with the company forever, and it shows, but he is an amazing human being. He's cool as hell. He's like the cool dad, mm. you know, and and he does a lot of the training with the new sales reps and helps them work on the computer, and he knows products that we carry and everything, so he's great on that end. But think about it. Wait, staff, even if they were being trained, how sick and tired do you think they are of hearing the same person blab the same thing into their ear? It goes in one ear and out the other. Oh, I don't need this. I've been doing this for a long time. Whatever. Especially menu changes, stuff like that. Oh, we got this. We got. And then they forget it when they go to the table, yeah. whatever the case may be. So what Mark does is he actually comes in, and sometimes it's on a Saturday. Sometimes it's during the week before dinner service or maybe a day that they're closed. But what he does is he makes it fun and interesting. He tells you exactly what the owners have been telling you or the chef's been telling you, but he does it in such a way that it keeps you captivated. You know, he gets you excited about it. You know, he plays games with them. He, you know, challenges them to, to you know, try to upsell at the table and everything. And he makes a little contest for them. And he checks back in after like a couple of weeks just to see how things are going. He brings like little scratch off uh, like lottery cards with him and stuff, you know, $1, $2, whatever. He answer a question. He gives a, he makes it fun. Yeah. Okay. So along with our service with as sales reps, we off, also offer that. And and you made, brought up a good point. It's like so many restaurants do not train their staff. And if they do, you're shadowing for a night or two and then you're off to the races. Right. How many times have you seen somebody come in and shadow that doesn't show up the next day? Yeah. Because they're either working with a miserable uh, weight person or they just realize this isn't for me. Yeah. Because they got to put up with a lot of abuse. Right. I have a lot of respect for weight persons. When I go out to eat, I tip. Yeah. I'm going to give a good tip. And if you've given me good service, I'm taking care of you. Mm -hmm. I get yelled at sometimes because my wife, oh, you give too much. No. Yeah. This is my industry. I know how hard these people work. Her right there, she's a single mom. She's got a couple of kids. She needs this. This is what she's working for. Yeah. You know, that guy right there, he's trying to pay for his college. Mm-hmm. He needs this money. You take care of him as much as you can. And you know what? I give him a lot of credit, too, because they get kicked in the ass all evening long. People spit right back at them or say things and whatever, but they got to come back with a smile on their face. Yeah. Because, like you said, they're working for that tip. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, especially nowadays the average consumer. I don't know how they are in person, but online, you know, working for all these restaurants and seeing these fucking assholes online, it has gotten so fucking bad. Trolling and social media kills it. I mean, I you know, in one regard, you know, a restaurant can 
be seen by so many more people today than they ever could have been prior mm-hmm. to social media, mm-hmm. but I th- it's I, also a downfall. Yeah, yeah, it's. I think it's the worst thing that's ever happened to it us. It is. It is. I mean, it's so easy to go post something online, you know? You could have a guy who feels like this guy over here is maybe stealing his ideas, or maybe he took his chef. Hmm. Who knows? Well... He gets a couple of his staff to go online and post some things. That guy never—he's never even been in there to eat, right? You know, but but now me, I come along and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to go eat at this place. Yeah, let's go check out the reviews. Yeah, terrible service. I should have gone to blah blah blah. Well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 that's how it is, though. We just everybody just throwing each other under the bus. Yeah. For what? Yeah, there's some people out there that maybe aren't the best owners or the best guys to be in restaurants and stuff. Maybe they don't belong. Right. But you know what? They're doing it for a reason. And, you know, whether you support them or not, I mean, it's just, you know, it's tough. It's hard. I mean, I've got my list. Most people that I know that are in the industry have their list of places they won't go to eat. The shit list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know... uh, yeah, there's a big event coming up at a, a spot. I won't mention the name of them, but it's an opportunity for me to go get connected with 12 restaurant owners, be there, show mm-hmm. face, be mm-hmm. involved. Yep. And I was involved in it last year, and the owner is an asshole, and I was like, I'm not doing it. Yep. Exclude me from this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we all have our, our, our lists, but. Sure. Uh, but just the general public today, and yeah. those are places I just don't go to. I don't say anything about yeah. them, you know. Well, but, it's like jug- judging the book by its cover. You've never even been there. Right. So how, where do you get off saying that that place is going to be lousy? Yeah. You know, try, try for yourself. Yeah. So I don't know. Just so much has, uh, has changed over the past couple of years. But the training. So much divide. Yeah. I mean, you know, I used to work for a, a corporate, you know, business years ago, and the you know as much as it sucked the one the two things that they did really well is you went through a thorough training sure so by the time that you were done after 2 weeks you You're knew proficient. everything to yep. do yep. and then they gave you a really clear path on how to get a raise and how to get a promotion mm-hmm. so there was never any question of what you do i need to do to advance yep. It's all it's all been right there the whole time. Right. An employee handbook. Yeah. Or, you know, like like for chefs that have a having a three ring binder with all the recipes in it and stuff. Right. There should be no reason that you're walking into a restaurant and having, you know, X, Y, and Z one week and then two weeks later you go back and it's completely different. There's no reason for that. Yeah. There's gotta be consistency. There's gotta be, you know, somebody taking responsibility for that, you know, item going out to the customer. And to be honest with you, even somebody at the front of the line who's expediting, you know, needs to see that. Yeah. If it's not the same, send it back. Have them fix it. Do right. whatever. But it doesn't you know, happen. It doesn't. You know why? Because there's a lack of employees. For one, you can't find the right help. Yeah. They're not qualified to work, or they're just not there. Period. I was talking to Lauren Markowitz, who was on the podcast last mm-hmm. week from Amano. Yep. And, you know, her and Alex are from Philly, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Vetri's restaurant. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the big things that I had asked her about of what's the difference between their, you know, Vetri in, in Philly and Syracuse is there's somebody always coming for your job. Oh, yeah. If you're a you got to watch out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what the position is in a restaurant, there's always four or five people that are trying to get in there mm-hmm. and get your position. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have that anywhere in Syracuse. No, no even the even the best places. Yeah, I get asked daily. Mm-hmm. Do you know good line cook? You know chef. I need a you know guys on dishwasher and whatever. Yeah, it's it's tough. GM, front of the house manager, whatever. I mean, it's just it's again, it's a revolving door. We've had we've had a lot of people leave this area in particular to go other places, and some have just left the business because they're sick of it. Right? You know, yeah. they're sick of the bullshit. It's crazy. And it is. It is. It's disheartening mm-hmm. because. You know, we, we've always thought that restaurants are always going to be here. You always, always, because people need to eat, right? Yeah. People need to go out and, and not be stuck at home. People need to enjoy themselves. People need to be pampered. It's it's their responsibility as the restaurant to take care of that customer when they come in. They want them to have a fine dining experience or whatever experience it is. They want it to be fun. And that's the worst when you go in with bad service or lack of staff. You're waiting an hour for your appetizers to show up. I mean, you know, I remember a couple of years ago before COVID, um, we ate at a a newer place and it was uh, my wife and another couple. And they had just recently opened up. They were a few weeks into it and they were just swamped. Hmm. I mean, absolutely freaking buried every goddamn night. We had gone there on a Saturday, I believe. We had gotten a reservation. We showed up, it took, you know, we got seated like 40 minutes after our res. And then when we did sit down, we had, um, you know, a round of beverages and that took about 25 minutes to get to us. We were done with those. We should have ordered two of them right then and there. I think we were there for over two hours. I think we had two drinks in our meal. But then when our meal came, they wanted us out of there pretty quick. Hmm. And again, it was disheartening. Yeah, it really was because, you know. It was it was tough. It was real tough, and I and I can see it. I can see it. They had no staff. The challenge with that I'm seeing that you know, I mean, we know the issues and food, yep. and I don't even know. I can't, can't imagine the issues on your end of things. It's tough. I don't know what the. I mean, you know, if I had to guess at what the future of food is in America, I would say it's probably going to be, you know, the funny, you know, the funny things of like. The drone delivers pizza. I yeah. think that's probably where we're where we're yeah. all heading, right? Um, and then probably you know the massive cities still exist where it's like, hey, I'm going to go spend you know, five hundred dollars or oh, whatever, sure. Can, right? Sure. I think that stuff's going to be around in mm-hmm. the long future. Yep. But yep. in the near future, you know, the restaurant industry is making a big shift, and uh, and. Uh, I don't know how some of these local places navigate it. Or, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, when when we first had to go to takeout only, I mean, that was tough. I mean, a lot of people were like, "Screw this! I'm just going to close up shop. I'm not going to do it." Yeah. Other people dove right into it. Right. We had some really good restaurants that were doing takeout, and they were doing more business takeout than they were doing regular times. Yeah. And you know that was that was crazy to see. Yeah. Because we had never seen it was unprecedented, right? So now that they're doing this, they're still doing it, and they've got people sit- seating in there too. Some people have adapted nicely. Some people weren't able to get the hang of things when the to-go happened. So when it came back to having people in the restaurant, they lost some customers. Yeah, you know, um, you go somewhere for a period of time, and that's your spot. You know, I like going there because that's my spot. I know the chef in there. I, you know, that's my spot. I like what he does. Well, when shit hits the fan, 
and either that chef leaves or you have a bad experience there or they close down for a certain amount of time, even during now when they're if if they go closed for three days and not even tell anybody, I'm going to find a new spot. Yeah, there's a big turnoff for that. For you sure. Know? Um, the loyalty to places, I think, has drifted off. There's still a lot of regulars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you, you've seen the decline. You've seen the decline for sure. And as far as what the future holds, I think it's going to take us another three to four years to get out of this hole that we're in. And the biggest thing is we need to be, um, I don't know, we just, we need to come together more, I think. You know, there's so much divide out there, you know, and there's so much finger pointing, you know, there's no accountability, I Mm -hmm. guess. And, you know, these, a lot of, a lot of owners in, in, in restaurants feel trapped, they feel trapped. They're like under the thumb because they can't do this. They can't do that, even though they want to. Right. And then they've got to worry about, you know, the health department coming in or agriculture market or whatever the case may be. They feel like somebody's always looking over their shoulder. Or somebody's going to report them if they have a customer that doesn't have their mask on or whatever. Some people don't even care. They're not even wearing them, you know. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the nature of the beast, I guess. It's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I mean I I don't know what the future is. Um I have a feeling it's it sh- probably should be moving a little bit more towards um you know, fake meat. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of plant-based stuff out there. Yeah. There's companies that are sprouting up all over the place. There are. We just don't have a lot of local adoption for we it. We don't. I mean, some people are throwing like the Beyond Burger and mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, we've checked ticked the box." Yeah. But, I mean, what happens if, you know, beef and chicken prices continue to go through the roof? People are going to have to reinvent themselves, reinvent the wheel pretty much. But like you said, that plant-based stuff is more costly than what our normal proteins are right now. Is it really? Go to the store and look at it. You can can go there and get an Impossible Burger or a Beyond Burger or whatever. It's going to cost you like nine bucks for four of them. Wow. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But think about how, what it took to get there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've it start, yeah. yeah. It, there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that these these companies go so far to make this plant based item to be all like holistic and whatever of the earth. It's worse for the environment. It's worse for the environment, and then they package it in something that's worse for the environment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah, I'm not against you know animal products or anything yeah. like that. I mean, I'm a you know. There is some of that stuff that's good out there. For sure. Absolutely. You yeah. saw, uh, what is it, Chipotle, they have the new uh, plant-based chorizo. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd give that a shot. What the yeah. heck? It's uh, it's more, you know, which I know I, I eat it all the time, but it's like the factory farming and all that kind of stuff sure. that's really, you know, especially, you know, as we think about, you know, the issues of getting it and then affording it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what the future is going to be. I think, uh, you know, I... I, I, I had a Zoom call with this guy. He was a restaurant. He was a real estate broker and restaurant group something or other out of New York mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. And early days of the pandemic, I had a Zoom call with him. And um, he was asking me about Syracuse and what's, sure. what it's like. And, you know, he's like, well, what's the food? What's the restaurant scene up there? And I told him, you know, Syracuse is probably five or six years behind Buffalo. Oh, 100%. And Buffalo's probably five or six years behind New York City. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. if not more. Yep. Um, you know, so, you know, things that are popular in, in other parts of the country aren't going to get to us for a while. Mm-hmm. 
But the difference is with social media today, especially with TikTok, mm-hmm. that you see shit from all over the world in your algorithm, is that the consumers are seeing that stuff. They are. There's ideas floating around. They're like, well, why can't I get that here? Right. Why aren't these guys doing it? Yeah. It's it's funny that you say that because, you know, during the pandemic when a lot of those New York City restaurants closed down, there were guys that came out of the woodwork yeah. that were fr- from locally that we didn't even know about because when they left Syracuse, they were, you know, going to culinary school. They just never came back. Right. Maybe for Christmas to visit mom and dad, but they weren't working here. Yeah. I couldn't believe the influx of chefs that came up here during the pandemic. Guys that I was personally working with, they're long gone now. Yeah. But, you know, they ended up moving out west or going to another area, Mm. whatever the case may be. But they came from the city. Yeah. And there was, for a brief time, some talent here. And I don't think any of them stayed, to be honest with you. Maybe a small handful. But other than they're gone. They're either back down there or whatever. But, Mm. um, you know the fact of the matter is, is, is like you said, we're so behind, and and I think I'm not saying that people are giving up, but I think that they're just there's there's they're comfortable. They don't. It's not that they don't care. They're just comfortable and they want an easy ride. Yeah. You know, and feel, it's sad. I feel like a lot of them are giving up right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. And yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily. I'm not going to say that. I I know guys that just. There's some that have been doing it for so long, they just don't want to do it anymore because this has reached like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. But there's other guys that are like, man, I want to know what's going to happen. You know, I want to keep going and see what happens a couple of years. Who knows? Yeah. It might open a door for something. This guy moves out, opens a door for somebody else. Yeah. Um, There's not a lot of fresh young blood coming through because there's there's nothing for them. Right. You know, Um, again, we have this generational gap from the old guys and then we have us right here but there's nothing really younger than that you no. know yeah yeah it's crazy man i uh i know that you know come spring things will feel a lot different um, weather warms up yeah. right yep you know people will get out more yeah. you know yada 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 but uh yeah new york right now with the mask mandates that they have down there has crippled the industry even more than it was before. I had a, uh, a chef friend that was just down there over the weekend, and he said you could not walk into a store, a restaurant, anywhere. It didn't matter. You had to have a vaccine card and a mask. And at some places, they were asking for your ID. Yeah, they wanted to make sure it matched up with your vaccine card. My brother and his wife and their so four a kids. Pain in the ass. They went to New York City just before Christmas. Yep. Tried to go into a restaurant like Italy or something like yep, that, yep. and they were asking for Vax cards, which my brother had his, pa- you know, the Excelsior yeah, pass, yep. which whatever. But his kids didn't, and they, they were wouldn't like, let him in. "Yeah, they were like, no, your kids have to have them." He was like, "They're kids. How yeah. old are they?" Well, the youngest is six. You got to have well, a pass. Have it. Yeah. Yep. So it's nuts. Yeah, that is crazy. We just hired a content creator down there who, she's from. She graduated from SU and she lives in the. East Village or sure. Queens or something. Yeah. I'm paying her to go make TikTok videos for restaurants for me down oh, there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just see what's going on in there. And yeah, because we don't up. have content. You know, yeah. I, I'm here. I don't get out often enough. You know, I went to Rochester a couple weeks ago and went to Pizza Wizard. Mm. Uh, best pizza. One of the best pizzas that I've had. And Is it hard for you to get people in here to do this with po- the... Podcast? Yeah. Uh, not really, no. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, Are they knocking down the door? No. I have to reach out to everybody. Yeah. A f- like two or three people over the years have reached out. I want to be on the podcast. Yeah. But, you know, up until I'd say recently, if somebody reached out to me, I'd be like, yeah, fuck you. You're not coming on. Listen, um, this was fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this thoroughly. I was in, in Vegas and I reached out to, I was trying to get Roy Choi on the, pod, Roy Choi on the podcast, mm-hmm. which I knew was never going to happen. And Dang then, I kid. Yeah. And then I got this guy, Diego, who owns a really busy, popular taco truck out there. Oh, yeah. You had mentioned and, that. And, yeah. uh, you know, really cool. He was super pumped about it. It was the first podcast he'd ever been on. Um, and then, made his day. You know, we did that in the morning. And then that afternoon, me and my brothers, you know, it was five of us, went uh-huh. to his truck and I placed my order. And she's like, you know, I had my local hat on. And, she was like, uh, is your name Anthony? I was like, yeah. She's like, Diego called and told me I have to take care of you. Oh, like, how nice you is know, that? We tipped her like 80 bucks. Still. But, uh, you know, to take care of her because, you know, he had done that. But uh, it's just different out there. Like, more um, respect? Way more respect. It, around here, like, not just for me. Because I don't reach out to people to do, like, free stuff mm-hmm. often. Like, hardly ever. Sure. But we go to Amano. And uh, Alex sends out, I mean, we went with, f- for our Christmas party. There's four of us, you know, in the comp- my wife and myself and a man who works for us and her, you know, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And the four of us had like 10 drinks or beers or whatever. We each ordered an entree and an appetizer. Mm-hmm. And he sent out eight entrees, four appetizers, you know, three appetizers and dessert. And charged us like two hundred bucks. Oh, jeez! You know, and we always, you know, every time we go there, the waiter's getting a hundred dollars, no matter what. You're taking care of them, right? Yep. But that's the only restaurant. Eden will do like something. um, Yeah. He'll usually send out like, "Hey, here's an extra appetizer Mm -hmm. or whatever." Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, people. I mean, a lot of people in this area don't even know the fuck I am. Yeah. yeah. And and not that they should. You're a nobody. (laughs) Right. And not that they should, but but they should. But they should. Um, you know, where I'm down in Beacon, and you know, they're just thrilled. They're like, "Thank you so much for doing this. This mm-hmm. is amazing. I can't believe you're doing this for us." Up here, you know, you know, here's something really sad. Mm-hmm. Restaurant. Uh, I don't know if you listen, so maybe I won't. I'll tell you his name off the air. Restaurant up north, up eighty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, good restaurant struggling like fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that they were struggling. I reached out and said, I'm going to do your social media for free for two months. Pump some fuel into it. Yeah. Not going to charge you a penny. I'm going to run everything like I charge the people a thousand bucks for. I'm going to do that for you for free. I'm even going to pay for your Facebook ads. I said no. Came back and said, uh, well, what pla- like what kind of content are you going to be doing? I was like, I'll do whatever you want, but I'll do what will work. No response. Nothing. Handed it on a silver platter. This is someone who's about to fucking close. Take what you can. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, you know what it is? People are stubborn. They're yeah, stubborn. They're sure. set in their way. And, and here's the other thing. If this was an older guy, an older owner. Right. He's been doing this way too long. Yeah. Maybe he wants out. Maybe he's looking for that reason. 
you know, because he's sick of it. Unfortunately, you know? he's younger. Oh, well, <laughs> if that's the case, what are you doing, mister? Yeah. You know, and, and here's the other thing. I, I, I will say this is that, you know, you have you have restaurants that that know that clearly it's 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 hard it's a struggle out there but they're doing different things to get people in the door right. and by you offering that i mean who wouldn't want to take you up on that just think and i'll be honest with you anthony i've heard of you mm. i knew of you i've seen you around a couple of times i never put any stock into the fact that you were doing this so mm. bef- when you invited me on here and we had talked a little bit I asked around. I talked to a few guys, mm. and they all told me, shit, man, you got to do that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were like, dude, you got to get on there. He goes, I listened to him. He oh, goes, I, nice. I listened to all of his podcasts. He goes, guy's been doing it for a while. Yeah. And I felt like a jerk because I had never yeah. listened. So what I did is I went back and I listened to a few shows, oh, and cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it yeah. was great, you know? Um, more people need – this would be great if this was live, this would be fun. I've thought about doing it. We have, the, you know, I mean, there's a thousand things we could do to make this I know, better. I know. Ryan is, baby steps. you know, a big part of, you yeah. know, making it better because he's way more talented than I am. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, we can go live. Yeah, I'm talking to him. <laughs> uh, you know, we could go live today if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I've thought about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just, you know, I'm trying to get, uh, I'm trying to get outside of Syracuse now. Sure. Sure. We're doing this. I, I see just by our talking tonight, I, yeah. I, I realized that that's where you're headed. There's just so much more money yeah, out there. there. Is. there I mean, is. you know, and uh, I think we're going to do it a couple of different ways. We're doing new content. We're completely pivoting our website in a month. That's cool. And um, you're, we're, you're reinventing yourself. We're going to try and become yeah. more like Eater. Yeah. A lot more written content. I've just yeah. hired a bunch of fucking freelance writers yeah um we're starting to do new video series i'm taking i'm doing a chef's hometown so i'm taking owners and chefs back to where they grew up for it one day that's cool and they're gonna take us to the restaurants they ate at or worked at that's awesome so a week from tomorrow i'm going to new haven to eat pizza with in Nick Connecticut, from Toss and Fire, yeah. Oh, dude, forget about it. Right. There's some of the best pies coming out of New yeah. Haven. There's some good stuff down there. Going to Philly with Kyle. Nice. Going to Philly with Alex and Lauren from Amano. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and then I got to find more people from there. That is fun. Yeah. I wish I was from a different place. I'd take you. Yeah. We flew to Chicago last month with Tim from Buried Acorn. Really? Do you have a Chicago dog? We, you know, I hate to say that we didn't have a dog. So we listen. We so we flew in the whole print. We're doing this in twenty and not even. We're doing this. Yeah. In, well, it's the window. Yeah. yeah. We flew into Chicago at 11 a.m., got into the city at like 12, ate three different pizza places, seven different pizzas, and then flew out at 7 p.m. that night to Good get back. You. you know, so uh, it's a blast to it do is. it. You know, it but uh, and we did that just to try the different styles of Chicago pizza. But. Summer of 2019. Uh, I'm going to go back to this whole fish thing. I can't yeah. help but talk about it. We're on tour. We're down in Camden, yeah. okay? Uh, we're staying in Philly. Yeah. We're staying in Philly. Camden's not the nicest area, no, right? So we, we're staying in Philly, and we were down there for a few nights to see the boys. And uh, we, I mean, there was like six or seven of us in a, in a, you know, an Airbnb or whatever. And I, you know, we're a couple of big guys, heavy eaters, whatever. We just like to be slobs once in a while, so... We thought it would be a great idea to order as many different 
Philly cheesesteak sandwiches down there that we possibly could. Some delivered, some we went and picked up. I think at the end of our trip, we had gone to like 16 different places. And and I think on the average, we had ordered like four or five sandwiches from these places. Um, My buddy Paul and I went to one place and I think it was uh, uh, what was it Steve's the Princess Steaks I oh, think yeah, that was yeah. yeah so we had walked in there they sent us out with a box hmm. I mean it was a box we had like 11 sandwiches in there so we had them for breakfast we had them for lunch we ever we were only there for a few days <laughs> believe you me we sucked down a lot of cheese steak but it was fun it was cool yeah. it was interesting right you know we had done something we have never done before you yeah. know yeah it was a blast to do it I mean we were at Peace uh, Brewery and Pizza in, in Chicago, you know, really well-known brewery out there. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, they did their, they do New Haven style. That's cool. The owner flies the staff to New Haven, like, t- every couple years. Nice. But they did their clam and bacon pizza, except it comes with lemon wedges and Tabasco sauce. I love it. That you put on the slice. It's it fucking amazing. I bet. Yeah. See, that's cool. That's different. Right. Why can't somebody do something like that here? Right. You know? Um, yeah. I've been talking, and so I'm going Tuesday with Nick. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I told him about that, but uh, yeah. yeah, I've been doing, I've been on this toss and fire kick. I'm trying to eat uh, every Detroit-style deep dish. That he's got. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, They're right over in Township, right? Yeah, they're in, in North Township, Syracuse. Yeah. I've got like $500 in gift cards there, so nice. it's been nice. But nice. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, man, for coming on the podcast. Anthony, I will do this anytime yeah. you want me to, you know. Restaurant owners that are listening, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, you can reach me in my email address, cbrown at jfsfoods.com. My phone number is bleep. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you know, reach out. If you want to yeah. email me, whatever, I, I, I'm here. I like to have fun. Yeah. People that work with me know that, and you know I, I know when to take it serious, but at the same time, it's it's got to be fun. Right. Listen, I put my pants on one leg at a time. I know you jump into your pants, <laughs> but you know most people, you know that's what they do, and there's no reason for us to you know be at each other's throats or talk shit or right. you know I'm better than this guy or I'm better than that guy. I mean, listen, we. We're all doing it for the common good. You know, we got to yeah. survive, right? Sure. I think that people just need to get reinvigorated and step it up. And this freaking weather's got to stop. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, we're in Syracuse. We yeah. live here for a reason. We can't get out. But, yeah, we need new, new, fresh blood. Yeah, for sure. We need some excitement. So, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got, my friend. And, again, it was a pleasure. This is great. Yeah. Well, thanks, like man. This. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're a local restaurant owner and you're listening to this then and you don't work with JFS now, then consider working with them. Chris is a great guy. And, um, you know, one thing that I've learned over the years is it's, it's not so much the company that you work with, it's the people. And, uh, you know, if there's, I'm not saying that this is the case. I don't know anything about JFS. I know that they sponsored the Baldinsville Dining Weeks, which is really big of them. And uh, the, you know, the, the the interactions I've had with that company and people from that company have been great. But my point that I'm just trying to make is a broad, you know, broad statement 
is uh, the company may not have the best pricing, or maybe they do. They may not have the best delivery, or maybe they do. But if the person that works for the company that you, you're working with is a, a good person and, and they're getting stuff done for you, well, that's really where it's what, you know, what's worth the most. So uh, Chris is a great guy. Consider working with him. And his contact information was there in the episode. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Check us out online, eatlocalnewyork.com. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. Thank you.